Thank you, Pastor Barry, for joining me today. It's so good to have a guest such as you on this podcast. It's an honor and a privilege, honestly. So welcome to Solace and Science, a faith-based podcast that highlights the rationale for the Christian faith. We speak with leading authors, pastors, teachers, thought leaders, and Judeo-Christian thought. Sola Scriptura, Sola Fides, Sola Gratia, Sola Degoria. Welcome, and these views reflect those of my guest and I. As I said earlier, my guest today is Minister Barry Morris. Thanks for joining me today. It is good to have you on. Just before we begin, um, I've known Pastor Barry from I was a young person, really, really young little boy. So it's definitely an honor to have this person who has actually helped in mentoring me on this podcast. So um, just before we begin our main discussion, what have been your interests and favorite topics in faith? What, what would you say has really been something that you have been fascinated by or interested in? And would you share some of those ideas? Well, of course, uh, David, uh, likewise, it is it's my joy and honor to be here with you on this podcast, uh, just to share a reason why we believe yes. and the, the beauty that rests in faith in the Lord Jesus. Uh, I am also blessed by the wonderful man that you have become and you are becoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, thank God for you. Uh, your family, uh, of course, you know, we go ways back. Oh yeah, way back. Uh, like like you said, when you when you first came into my life, um, you were a short guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, you've become a gracious gentleman. I thank God for that. Thank you. Our favorite topics, um, I could give you it this way. Um, being a, a preacher for a little while, I, rem- I, I, there, there are topics, mm-hmm. uh, using topical sermons. One time I preached on the subject, if you have the faith, mm-hmm. God has the power. Okay. Faith under fire, meaning mm-hmm. when you're going through, uh, the curveballs that life could present to you or the, mm-hmm. Those things you do not really understand life is uh, just thrown your way mm-hmm. how to sustain your faith to those troubled times mm-hmm. faith to heal mm-hmm. knowing that uh, in, even in your sickness having faith uh, God is able to deliver mm-hmm. of course uh, the hall of fame of faith as it's normally called in Hebrews chapter 11 mm-hmm. uh, where it gives us the definition of faith it opens the definition of faith mm-hmm. uh, by saying now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen it also expresses the importance of faith in Hebrews uh, same chapter mm-hmm. verse 6 uh, where it says without faith it is impossible to please him mm-hmm. anyone that comes to God must believe that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Yeah. But my favorite story of faith okay. would definitely have to be with Abraham. Okay. Right? Now, we have a conflict going on, as okay. I'm saying. Right. And the conflict here is this. God promised Abraham that he would give him a son mm-hmm. and his seed would be a blessing to all nations and, um, and, and and lofty, lofty promises God gave to Abraham concerning this son. Okay. Now, 
course, you know, Abraham you know, just did some things that he should not have done. He got involved in listening to his wife, got involved with the maid of the house or the domestic engineer of the house, okay. uh, so to speak, and they ended up bearing a child. Yes. And uh, that was not God's plan. Mm-hmm. It was for him and Sarah to have this child. Yes. And uh, finally they did have the child. The child was born, good young man, Isaac. Mm-hmm. And now here it is, God gave him the promise. He believed. Mm-hmm. Because in the book of Romans, he says, he staggered not at the promise of God. So he was strong in faith. And so he believed God. Now, God tells him to carry the son to the mount to sacrifice him. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is the conflict. Mm-hmm. If God, you promised me a son, and this is now the son of promise, now you're asking me to kill him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Where is the prom- how is this promise going to be actualized if my son is dead? Yeah. I mean, I think these are the normal questions that anybody would ask, you know, and probably we'd, we'd be, you know, um, we'd be conflicted in ourselves. Those who deem themselves as Pentecostals would probably be walking around the walls rebuking Satan from every direction because the messages are conflicting. This yeah. is supposed to be my son of promise. And now this voice is telling me mm-hmm. to make my son a sacrifice. Yeah. And so uh, it's got to be Satan talking to me. It's got to be the devil speaking to me to tell me to kill my son. Mm-hmm. But look at faith. Abraham, in obedience to God's word, carries his son to the mountaintop. The son gives him what I call a, a shocker. Because it would seem from how the scriptures are written that this young man was already accustomed, this young boy was already accustomed to Abraham making sacrifices uh, okay. unto the Lord. Okay, okay. So when they were getting to, so when they were getting to the mountaintop, uh, I would said to him, I see the wood, because you know Abraham is making the place ready for a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So I see the wood. You know, I, I see all the articles that we need to make the altar. Says, but I don't see a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, and so Abraham says, you know, uh, the Lord always has a ram in the thickets. Yeah. And uh, he put the boy on the altar, and this even shows you the obedience of Isaac. I mean, because Isaac was no longer a baby; he was a, uh, you know, yeah, his man. teenage years thereabout. Yeah. yeah. And for him to lay himself on the altar to be sacrificed in the first place until God had to intervene and stop Abraham from killing him what that speaks of is faith against faith because the same God that promised you the son Mm -hmm. is the same God who promised that or who said that you must slay the son Mm -hmm. and somehow you must still believe that this same God who promised you the son and the God that is telling you to slay the son is the same God who will fulfill the promises that he told you concerning your son. 
Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, it brings up an important idea in that the plan of God remains. No matter what may run through our minds or what rationale may go in our minds, the plan of God remains. God is sovereign. And he sees Correct. the end from the beginning. So that, that's the beginning from the end. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so he saw the whole scope. Abraham, Abraham saw the what's happening at an instant. Of course, he couldn't see in the future. He may have had Correct. ideas of the future, but God knew what the future was going to bring. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's good. So what led you to become a minister? What, what was drawing you to become a minister? When you say there was a call from a young age, what, what led you to become a minister and why did you choose to become a minister? Well, I'll tell you, at the age of seven years old, I was converted. I mm-hmm. gave my heart to the Lord at seven years old. And while at the altar, mm-hmm. uh, I felt, I sensed, and I heard the call mm-hmm. uh, of God to be to to pastor mm-hmm. and uh, of course I'm seven years old and um, I go I get up I'm, I'm in tears I tell my mother I said um, I I gave my heart to the Lord I I said the Lord called me to uh, to preach mm-hmm. I walk she says well go and tell the pastor so I went um, to the pastor uh, Pastor Arnold Williams at the time, mm-hmm. a tall man, mm-hmm. tall as but six three, six four, two hundred and fifty, two hundred and sixty pounds. He was oh. quite a man. Yeah. And um, I said to him, I said, I said, Pastor, I said, I gave my heart to Jesus tonight, and the Lord called me to preach and to pastor, mm-hmm. and He lifted me up. Wow. And he swung me around spinning around in circles mm-hmm. uh, this is in front of the congregation this is why I was going on mm-hmm. and tears coming down his eyes and he just kept repeating preach I'm pastor preach my son pastor mm-hmm. he said it over and over again and he was and the members of the church at the time you know all of the singing stopped everything stopped and everyone was just in tears and you know at the same time rejoicing over what I had now realized God called me to be. Okay. And you know, uh, in those days, the there was two things going on. The leadership mm-hmm. was very interested in young people serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the young people, uh, even the children, as I was at the time, uh, were very uh, pliable okay. Uh, okay. to take on whatever mentoring was going on. We, we were open to it. Teachable. And exactly. And so as I grew, uh, you know, I was given responsibilities in the local church to carry out. I, at the age of 12, I was appointed as a free literature representative responsible for all church literature. That's good. That's good. Yeah. 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 And uh, so the, and could you imagine at 12 years old, I'm filling out applications for people to sign up for church magazines. I, I'm going to the post office doing wire transfers and all this kind of thing at 12 years old. Yeah. And, um, you know, going into doctors and lawyers' offices and asking them to allow for our uh, literature to be placed in the waiting area for their customers when, or clients when they would come in, they have something to read. 
And so quite an awesome responsibility for a 12 year old. Yeah. Um, making sure the track boxes had the necessary uh, literature in them at airports and other places. And uh, so it was it was quite an awesome day. Then uh, at the age of 16, mm-hmm. um, we had, uh, I used to assist um, uh, Joseph Hall. Okay. Uh, at, uh, he was in the bishop then. He was evangelist Joseph Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the youth director. Okay. And I used to, I used to accompany him on street services. He and I, just two of us. Mm-hmm. I would play the keyboard. He would sing. Mm-hmm. And one day, while driving toward the site where we were going to have the street service, mm-hmm. he said, "Okay, these past three weeks, I've been singing." Uh, he said, "You've been singing, and I've been preaching." He said, "But today, mm-hmm. I'm going to sing, and you're going to preach." Yeah, that's and good. So that's let's, good. let's talk about. Let's talk about on-the-job, on-the-spot training. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we got there. We set up set up the keyboard. Like he said, he sung. Mm. And then he introduced me as the preacher. Mm-hmm. I preached that day. I don't quite remember what kind of a sermon it was. God helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was more important is that young men came and we prayed. And they mm-hmm. gave their hearts to Jesus. What an introduction that was yeah. uh, to uh, the, the, the work of the ministry. And then shortly thereafter, uh, I became a worker in the youth department. Uh, by 19, I was the youth pastor for the local church. Mm-hmm. Uh, the What I saw happening with my pastor and the younger ministers in the church was something that I longed for. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be used by God just as I saw them being used by God. Mm-hmm. Their commitment to Christ was what I wanted for me likewise. Representation. Uh, the way yeah, the way they the way they handled God's people mm-hmm. and people in general mm-hmm. uh was the way I wanted. Of course, you know, I was brought up in a home of service. My mother, uh, you know, bless her heart, uh, children could put some pressure on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Monday mornings when it's school time, uh, I'm the last of five children. Mm-hmm. And every one of my siblings mm-hmm. would have their classmates come to our house. First thing Monday morning, it's breakfast time. This actually yeah. this would carry on throughout the week. Yeah. And mom would cook and feed. I mean, our house would have up to 80 children wow. in or any any given morning any given school morning and she's cooking breakfast for everybody yeah. and she's feeding everyone before we go to school that's powerful, you know, um, that's powerful. yeah we were we were taught uh, we had to go through our closet and take out clothes uh, you couldn't take out any of the worn out beat up stuff mm. you take out good clothes yeah, 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 yes yeah. and package that and wash it, it and prepare some... it before you give it exactly away. yeah you give it to somebody who is in need so that our life was like that. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I got married, my sisters-in-law they had this joke going, telling my wife that when she comes home, she's gonna meet the sofa, she's gonna meet the bed, she's gonna meet everything gone because somebody's gonna tell me they need a sofa or a bed, and I'm gonna <laughs> give it to them. Yeah, benevolence. Uh, yes, benevolence. <laughs> That's funny. And I, yeah. I, 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 I am that way. You know, yeah. Um, I, yeah. It, it pains me to see somebody who is in need. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, nothing being done. And so uh, beyond that, you know, David, I, I also started a 
a non-profit okay yeah foundation exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it helped because you know some the way the some organizations are spiritually you know our you have your commitments to the organization this has to be this amount has to go for this this amount has to go for that and so money is yeah. is properly allocated yeah. uh, and so I it was in my mind because it's so heavy on my heart I said this is what I'll do I'll start a non-profit mm-hmm. so I don't have to bother uh, with funds that are allocated I will raise money to do what I have to do to help people who are in need yeah so yeah you bring up a lot of key points sponsored by a lot of key points you know this concept of representation you know the fact that you're able to see people who you can aspire to be like that brings up a powerful idea and also mentorship responsibility and how people don't just wake up and say uh, uh, typically people don't just wake up one day and say i'm gonna be a minister and then two hours later they're a full-fledged minister practicing and preaching the gospel right. it takes time right. and that's the case in, yes a process and that's the case in in all careers you know anything right. that grows fast the only thing i know that happens fast is diseases yes yeah yes. things take time goes, goes. Go yeah. fast, don't last. Yeah, 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 yeah. But things take time. If you, if for example, if you don't just throw out, if I, I'm bringing it closer into what we're going to talk about today, you don't just throw out a mango seed and next day you're picking a whole bushel or a whole basket full of mangoes, eh? It takes time. Right. It takes it time. It takes time. It takes time. Yeah. So how have you been able to persevere during challenging moments such as the hurricane and also the pandemic as a minister and also, if I may add, you serve in as a, in the customs department as well as a customs worker. So a customs officer. Yes. So, to bivocational, which is the case for a lot of ministers in the Bahamas. Um, but mm. how have you been able to persevere during challenging times? It's it's tough. Um, yeah, that's fair. But you it know, in, in the ministry, this is the way I was taught it. And this is the way I believe it. Likewise, God is first. Okay. Others is second. And yourself last. Okay. Um, I do not go at the first of the, and I, I teach this in my local church likewise. Um, as a minister, you 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 you're, you're you're in tune with God. You're in tune. You want to be in tune with the heart of God. Secondly, you want to look at the needs of of people. Uh, the Apostle Paul he wrote in. Philippians chapter 2 believe. he said look not on the things of yourself look on the things of others mm-hmm. uh, things of others not being nosy to see what I can say about David whatever David lacks but I look in David's life to see what David is lacking mm-hmm. and then I am there to be of substance and, and uh, benefit to David mm-hmm. uh, likewise when we look at the the behavior of the early church in the book of Acts mm-hmm. uh, the Bible says that they, they held all things common Mm-hmm. There was no lack. There was no lack among them. And truth be told, anyone there, there should be no lack among those that are in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. because there is sufficient for all. Mm-hmm. And so I, I look and I, you know, when you when you go around and there's some things that I, I that are personal to me, mm-hmm. because I believe that people should, uh, you know, after a devastation like a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Uh, People's roofs are blown off. Mm-hmm. Uh, homes are, de- are absolutely demolished. I mean, just in a horrible state. They have nothing. Mm-hmm. And 
you you see the horror and terror that they're facing. You know, don't don't know what step to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're there and you, you empathize with that situation. Mm-hmm. But now here it is, something has to kick in. Mm-hmm. Arise to build and that com- yeah, that 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 compassion that Jesus felt when he looked on the multitude and saw that they were hungry. Mm-hmm. His compassion kicked in. When compassion kicks in, something has to be done. Yes, exactly. And so the people have already lost everything. They already feel uh, a sense of uh, how should I say this? Despair, uh, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, despair, inferiority. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I don't allow people to come to where we're at to stand on a long line for a meal. I, you would never see that. I will I will never allow for that. My thing is, we cook the meal and we bring it to where you're at. Yeah, we meet you where you are. Where you are. And it is to give, allow people to have a sense of uh, my, my, my human dignity. Yeah, my human dignity yeah, has not dignity. been marred yeah, by, the by the circumstance. By the circumstance, yeah. Uh, I remember we were we were driving around because you know I go on all out search yeah. we look really looking for people yeah. uh, and so starve the lost sheep when we went, yeah when we when we went there was this corner through this corner this, this they, they were giving out food and tarp and some, some other things and mm. when we got to the where the front of the line was I asked the driver to just carry me really really slow when we got to the gate the gentleman came to the gate and says there's no more. There's not anything. Okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's about 98 degrees, mm-hmm. and this lady is standing at this gate with her three children. She's next in line, mm-hmm. only to be told, "That's it. There's nothing else uh, that can be given." Oh, and uh, so we, we drove off, and my heart wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. You know. The vehicle was moving, but my heart was with that woman. And so I told the driver, I said, spin around, let's go back. Mm-hmm. And while we were driving through that corner uh, again, mm-hmm. she was coming toward the truck that we were in. Mm-hmm. And I I told her, I said, ma'am, I, I jumped out of the truck. I said, come, come go with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess I should not have said it that way. I should have said more like, hello, um, I'm Barry Morris, I'm a pastor. Yeah, but you saw in the yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, the I, 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 in the right place. Yeah, yeah I just, I just said that I said, come, come on in the truck, let's yeah. go, yeah. you know. And she came in, she, she came in the truck, and someone was waiting for her, so she just told him to come along, follow us, mm-hmm. and drove. We went to where we were, where we packaged our goods, mm-hmm. and we we packaged up some stuff. We gave that I said, listen, anytime you need, just call me, give me my number, put to come back. I just felt, you know, because she was crying, man. You know, yeah. what am I going to do with my three children? I don't have anything else. Yeah. And so we gave her all the the, the 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 pampers that she needed, whatever she needed for the children. We gave her food. As a matter of fact, we turned around and we had to deliver some of it for her. Um, because my thing was take whatever you need. Yeah. Um, and so that's that that's that's a passion of mine because you know it's services like this. If you were in that predicament, exactly. how would you want to be handled? Exactly, freely give, freely receive. Exactly, and so yeah. that's that's my approach to 
anyone that I'm going to provide service to. I put myself in their shoe. Yeah. How would I? So the, the 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 actual traveling through, you know, I mean, I was in darkness. Uh, you know, uh, I had to, and I these were six a.m. to eight p.m. days that we were out in the communities Working. giving out food and making sure that people had. And of course, you know, taking care of my family, making sure that they're okay. Um, even but my family was involved in it. So my children, though they were at the time uh, six and eight, they were involved helping me along with yeah, the others put cool. packages together. And that was in, that was intentional because just as my mother taught me yeah. to serve others, yeah. as a father, I'm responsible to teach them likewise how to serve others. And so. Uh, while we were going through a rough patch, it was still a teachable moment. Yeah, nah, uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, that's very good. And so sometimes, and sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we're so busy complaining about the things that we do not have. We don't understand. We can take these moments that we do have in times of struggle, uh, when you're going through the rough passages. These are actually times that we can take to teach. Um, our children, teach our families, how to teach our friends. How yes, to how to persevere, how to have faith, how to believe God. How to look in the, the rough... distance and see the sunset, see the sunrise. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, the, the, the rough patches are only for a while. It's temporal. Uh, even though it feels forever, yeah. it's, it's, it's so it's so going to pass. Yeah. And uh, but you learn how to learn how to make it. I, I, my mother, one uh, what when, when the 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 storm, I mean, just totally uh, obliterated our power system here and on the island. Mm. My mother said to us, uh, go into the bushes, get me some um, some sticks mm. and branches mm. and bring them for me to burn. Mm. Uh, she says, I got to show you. She said, this is my time now. I'm going to show you what to do. Exactly. And mm. we went and uh, we're there. We're trying to light these um, branches and they're not lighting. Mm. They're not. They're not. The fire wouldn't light on them. Mm-hmm. And so she came. She says, "No, no, no. You can't use this word. You can't use that word. You can't use that one." And she begins to explain. Mm. These hold water. Moisture mm. still in this. Mm. So you could strike a match all you want. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna light. Yeah. And then she began to carry and she began to choose. The the, the, the the trees to break the branches off of it and to pick up branches that were on the ground. Mm. She said, these are the ones you use. Yeah. And she set them up together and first strike, fire. Yeah. And then she began to show us how to cook the meal. And the worst cup of tea I ever had was I tried to do it on my own and um, had the pot open while the Fire was fire, 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 oh, yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, and not remembering to cover up the pot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, what I thought was Lipton tea ended up being ash tea, yeah, because, charcoal and things like that, yeah, because you tasted all of the, the charcoal and the, the, the fire, that, but it was a learning experience, and it was a time where she was able to tell us about her growing up in a, on a remote island and how they prepared foods and that kind of thing, and so. It's, it's now a learning moment. And so we're learning how to survive. Constantly learning. But we're also, we're also connecting with one another. Yeah. And so through those rough passages. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 Of, 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 of life. Mm. That's what it brings about. Uh, 
rough passages that we should not separate us, mm-hmm. but it should bring us closer because now what's happening? We're sharing, we're learning. Uh, I mean, only have, you know, in, 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 on, on a Sunday, uh, you know how it is in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Some people, they're cooking two sets of meats and uh, they got rice, you got baked macaroni, you got the coleslaw, potato salad, you got all kinds of things going on. But now in the rough passages, when you can only do probably one tin of tuna. Mm-hmm. And some grits. Yeah. And, and a little bit of rice uh, with that. And you got to share that. Yeah, that little that you have. It brings you closer together. And so that's 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 what and that's what happened uh, for me and my family. You know, at nighttime there there's there's no electricity. You can't watch television. So what do we do? do? Yeah. We sit together, we talk, we sing, we pray, we share stories, things that we found funny growing up in our childhood. My son still reminds me, and as well as my daughter, they have elephant memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they remind me of some of the things that you have been sharing during those times in the complete darkness. Yeah. What does that do? You're building memories. You're yeah. building beautiful um, uh, thoughts and you're getting closer to one another. You're getting closer to God because you're praying yeah. and you're stimulating faith. So it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So that's, that's pretty much how we made it through the storm, through the pandemic. It was the same way. Uh, yeah. Pandemic was a little more tough <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, you're, you're not, you, you can't move, you know, mm-hmm. lockdowns and you're, you know, um, and particular, I was actually working on another island while the pandemic was going on. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it would have been six months, seven months before I touched my children or touched my wife. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was these moments where they would lift uh, it for a weekend. Think, yeah, a weekend or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and then shut you back down on Monday. Uh, and so when they had one of those weekends, I said to the wife, I said, I said, get on the plane and come now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came and they were there for weeks with mm-hmm. me because that Monday it was a lockdown again. So they couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, you know, beautiful moments that we shared and, and, you know, and you, some, you know, during that time, a lot of Maharajis were experiencing rough times because mm-hmm. either the, the father was always on the go and didn't want to spend time being locked down with wife and children, children being irritable and up to mischief, just breaking the other thing going on. And so uh, some people were having stress during that time. For me, it was a joy. Me too. Uh, me, me too. Yeah. I started the podcast. I, I started writing books. I mean, you know, yeah, you know, it, it was Correct. a joy, but you yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I started, you know, of course, at that time and uh, I, I it, it accelerated my um, college time because mm-hmm. you know doing my uh, doctoral degree mm-hmm. there was so much writing to do um, and that gave me a lot of time to do it gave me a lot of time to organize reorganize mm-hmm. some aspects of the way I do the ministry mm-hmm. and uh, to, to to talk with God to, to hear from the Lord to get into his word to find out what direction he's sending me and how because you know as you go along you know, you should be improving on what you do. Yeah, your and craft. So I, you should be improving yeah, on your craft. Exactly. The fruit of so, the spirit. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I got a keyboard. Uh, got my keyboard, and I started practicing on my keyboard a little more. You know, I I, I began to do series 
teachings on the family uh, and uh, it's, it's that is going to mushroom into a book and so uh, as a matter of fact I wrote a book yeah uh, and, so, and we're going to work together to publish it as well yeah certainly yeah, and yeah. so the, 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 the actual um, you know thought patterns and, okay, and you know you, you start to go back into your life you start to go wow I just can't believe this incredible thing was happening I take uh, notice of it yeah. and so you begin you know wonderful things you know, we wow, honor God so by remembering well Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. That's Brian. You bring up a lot of things. And see, this is the thing that if if you take nothing away from this episode, this is the thing I want people to understand: the Christian faith perspective, and also Christ Himself, gives us the capacity to persevere through hard times. We able yes, to not just we are not just we, we don't just like muster up some will or muster up some optimism. It's a whole framework, a whole mentality, a whole skill set, a whole grace that comes into play for our lives during this time. And that and I like I like I like what you said just now. You call it a grace. Yeah. You know, I, I hear Christians talk about, you know, think positive. Surround yourself with positive people. Uh that kind of talk, in my view, should never be the talk of a Christian. Yeah, because the thing is, with positivity, if positivity doesn't have a root, it dies. You know, we talk yeah. grace, we yeah. talk faith. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's... We talk that, that's virtues like, and fruit I, of the spirit. Yeah. Exactly. Because, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, you hear, you know, we, we see it on television where Christianity uh, is presented as uh, a Happy a go walk. lucky. Yeah, happy yeah, go lucky. Yeah, you know, you're free Peaches from... And cream. Yeah, you're, 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 yeah, you're free from all troubles. You're free from all trials. You know, nothing That's not comes realistic. to you. That's not realistic. Yes. Listen. We live in every a broken man. world. Every, yeah. yeah. And, and Job said it. Any man that's born of a woman has been a few days and they're full of trouble. We have trouble. You know, you and sometimes, yeah. yeah, sometimes you think you, you're solving one problem and you open up a, an alabaster box to more problems. Yeah. You know, um, you think you, you've overcome this trial and another trial is waiting you. Yes, capacity um, building experiences. You, yes, yeah, you go through well. a hard time and it teaches you, it gives you the strength to deal with the other one. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And so it's a constant journey. It's a constant fight. It's a constant battle. Uh, but the reality is many of the afflictions are righteous. But the Lord delivers yeah. us out of them all. Yeah. And so, but through that process yeah, of the process. affliction, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that through that process of the trials, you learn more if you're not learning more about God there's something you're not doing correctly yeah Yeah. it should be inevitable and this is the thing you know we may may win or lose some battles but the war is already won Jesus Christ won the war correct it's finished the victory is already established yeah yeah, sometimes the reality sometimes you feel defeated yeah that's true (laughs) that's true you're being defeated yeah Uh, you know and and we can take a page out of Jesus' book Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when, when Jesus, Jesus was doing so much miraculous things, mm-hmm. and you know, the disciples probably felt that they were, you know, some of them were uh, from the ghettos of uh, Israel, and so uh, they they felt when they saw Jesus operating in so many marvelous ways, we got the champion on our side, mm-hmm. and now Jesus goes down and what is what looks like I mean a horrible defeat. Mm-hmm. To the point that he's not defending himself. Isaiah said that he was led as a uh, sheep before his shares is dumb, and he opened out his mouth. Mm-hmm. So he didn't even de- he, de- he didn't even defend himself. Mm-hmm. And um, so 
disciples scattered. Mm-hmm. They scattered. And when they scattered, um, Peter even denied him. Because, you know, no one wants to be connected to a loser. You know, mm-hmm. we all want to be on the winning side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reality is, even though when we go through our process and our trials, mm-hmm. quote unquote, our crucifixions, we look like the loser. You know, it looks like we're going down. But there's a third day. There's a third day where, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus got up mm-hmm. and Jesus rose victoriously. Uh, and now he is demonstrating to us that he has victory. And that's oh, our story. Too. In the grave. Yeah, yeah that's, that's our story too. Yeah. You will have victory over the trials. You, you, mm-hmm. you will have, you will have victory over the battles. God will make you victorious. Some fights are one day, some fights are one week, some fights are one month, some are one year, some are a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you are going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are going to experience the victory. You're going to get that overcoming grace. Mm-hmm. And even through your, even through your battles, you can smile, you can laugh. Job lost everything. The Bible says, even in the midst of his sorrow, shaved his head, tore his garment, threw mm-hmm. himself on the ground. What did he say? The Bible said that he worshipped the Lord, saying that the Lord give it, the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So even in the midst of crisis, mm-hmm. there's still opportunity. There's yeah. still a way out to praise God. And so it's, it's amazing. Yeah, so yeah, that brings us into uh, one of the things we're going to talk about today. You know, it looks like you may be down, just like with a seed. It looks like you're covered up. It looks like you're in darkness. But what is the seed doing? The seed is becoming radical, so the root is going down. The radical is going down. And the pumule, the shoot, is coming up. Coming up, right. Yeah, yeah. so it's becoming radical and it's growing. It's part of the growth process. So, Pastor Barry, you know, today we're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. So, as we we start in the middle of this conversation... Something something beautiful happened to me when you were talking just now, you know. Okay. You cover cover that seed, Mm -hmm. and everything on top of that seed is a killer. But that seed is using its adverse circumstances to spring up to be a tree mm-hmm. to bring forth fruit. Yeah. You know, and so uh, allow your circumstances, mm-hmm. allow those things that seemingly uh, want to destroy you. Mm-hmm. There's nutrients somewhere in there. Yeah, exactly. To cause you to spring forth to be the beautiful tree the fruit bearing tree that God wants you to be. Exactly, because you know we are in His hand. So there's no no aspect or no area of our lives where it can't be orchestrated for good. There's not not a circumstance where we can't find in God some good in the circumstance. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So um, my question to you is, where do you see the connection between agriculture and the fruits of the spirit? We just talked about the seed. Where else do you see it? And the fruit of the spirit. Where else do you see a connection between agriculture and the fruit of the spirit? Well, of course, um, the the fruit of the spirit, as is because you know, the fruit of the spirit is probably located in two places in the New Testament, mm-hmm. uh, in Galatians, mm-hmm. uh, Galatians um, chapter five, five verses twenty three, right, twenty two, twenty three, yeah, and Ephesians chapter five. Okay, uh, is, is where it talks about the fruit of the spirit, and so when we talk about a fruit, we definitely know that something has to be planted first. Yes. As we plan it first. And so the connection is seed planting. The, 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 the seed being provided 
and the soil being and all of the other nutrients that go along with it being ready or and able at the point of seed being put into the ground to cause its development, to cause it to to bear, to, to rise and bear fruit. And so it is agriculture. I, I, there was a elderly man uh, that lived behind our, our house in Marksville that I was growing up with. I was growing up in. His name was Mr. Cox. Mr. Cox, he had a rough time mm-hmm. uh, in that the ground where he was planting rock. his uh, of course in the Bahamas we call it papaw uh-huh. but, papaya uh, of course papaya is the yeah, yeah. proper name yeah. uh, and so the he, would, he had he had papaw trees he had um, sweet potatoes mm-hmm. he had onions mm-hmm. he had a mango tree mm-hmm. mango trees um, I mean, he just had a lush garden, sugar cane, all this kind of thing. Now, I noticed that with the cocks, every year, he would light a fire, burn that soil before he went into planting. And I, I wonder why, why, why does the cocks always, I mean, of course, you know, the whole neighborhood, now everybody got to close up their windows because the smoke is coming in. Why, why would he do this? Why, why do this? Yeah, you know? everybody closed up the window. Yeah. Why do you see Mr. Cox go in that backyard? You know, listen, close the windows. Do not hang out any clothes on a clothes line. Because that's funny. Cox is gonna start, he's going to start a fight. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, but of course, talking with him and some elders, the ground, the soil was coarse. And somehow burning the, the soil made the soil, it, it loosened it up so that the seed could be planted in the yeah. ground. So that's slash and burn farming. And also that's a, that's a technique that they use in agriculture sometimes, slash and burn. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. so after after he would burn uh, the soil for a little while, he just let it burn out. So mm-hmm. the fire burned, burned till it stopped. And then he would take his uh, rake, as it were, mm-hmm. or some tilling uh, tool, mm-hmm. and he would get it. He would begin to turn that soil and turn that soil and turn that soil. All yeah. of it would just turn that Nutrient soil. Nutrient recycling. Correct. And then he would cut the ground. When he was doing the corn, uh, he would put the, the corn uh, in the ground. He would do peas the same way. Uh, the papaw seeds the same way and of course you know not every um, plant is the same is the same every seed is not planted the same way exactly personalized some 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 seeds you have to allow allow to dry out mm-hmm. like corn right because if you put it in the ground and, and it's uh refreshed state mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen yeah exactly so so some seeds you allow to dry and so but you would see him in that yard. I mean, all from early morning, he's mm-hmm. there putting those seeds in the ground and uh, allowing that fallow ground, uh, so to speak, that coarse ground after he would have burnt it, now it becomes pliable, mm-hmm. and then he could begin to uh, till that soil. So now the soil now is ready to receive seed. Mm-hmm. That is our hearts. Yeah. yeah. 
And so the word of God is the seed. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, you know, um, Hosea says to us that we got to break up our fallow ground. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the hard and coarse ground. Break it up. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when your heart is tender toward the Lord mm -hmm. and the word of God, which is the seed of God being planted into your heart, Fruit bearing is inevitable. Should be an inevitable. Yeah, it's true. And this yeah. is the thing. I, I heard a story. I was listening to Tim Keller. He's a leader in Christian thought um, uh, in the Presbyterian Church and other areas too. When it comes to rational reasoning, um, he made the story. He cited the story. You had this acorn, this acorn, and this marble, mm. this brick of marble, this acorn under this brick of marble. And he was like, who, who do you, what, what's the competition? Who's you win? Who do you think will win? And he was like, the acorn most definitely. Because after a period of time, the acorn grows and grows and becomes this big tree that eventually split the big right. tree of marble. And he said, so if that, that botanical, botanical uh, incident um, with that acorn, if that could occur with just a natural seed, even so with the spiritual seed, the word of God, the yes. power of the word of God. Yes. So he, he used that, and I think that's a good story to keep in mind because I think the agricultural metaphor is a is a consistent. It's consistent throughout the scripture, from the Old Testament yes. to the New Testament, and I think that is also in my mind is a means of grace because we can see an example. We can look at creation and see instances where God's grace um, could be represented in our own lives. So that's yes, that, yeah. So. You know, um, as we start to conclude, what advice would you give to someone considering a career in the ministry? Pray. Mm -hmm. Pray. Mm -hmm. Pray. Okay. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to pray first. Uh, prayer. The, you know, there's a familiar saying that prayer changes things. Mm -hmm. But prayer has a profound effect on the prayer exactly uh, and in most cases the one who is doing the changing is the prayer mm -hmm. that one who comes to God uh, consistently seeking God you know, listen I'm not talking about you know you want a job you want a house you want a car that kind of thing but that one who you, you want to be transformed into the image of God you want to be that person uh, that reflects Christ you Yes, Christ. they see the love of God. They see the grace of God just emanating from you. They see the fruit of the Spirit. And so the, the, the reality is that one who has that mindset, pray and ask God to, to give you what it is you need. You know, the, the, the scripture says, delight yourself you in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, many people think, uh, well, the way I, I teach it at least, people normally believe that when you delight yourself in the Lord, anything you want, that's what God is going to give to you. I teach it this way. When you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. So the desires that are in your heart he will give it to you. Yeah. He gives you the desires. See, because the more we come to God, 
we yield ourselves to him. Mm. He's putting desires into our heart. Mm. He's placing it there and he's placing it there so that the fruit mm-hmm. to represent can him. be displayed. Yeah. Mm. So his purpose can be expressed. I, yeah. Well, you know, from the beginning, you yeah. know, from the beginning, there are fruit bearing trees in the garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Lord was definitely interested in agriculture. Exactly. He was definitely, and he was definitely interested in fruit. And you know, because fruits have so many um, good Sounds, things yeah. for the body. You know, and the capacity to reproduce is even in the fruit. It's in the fruit. Yeah. 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 I tell you how powerful the seed is. Exactly. It not, not exactly. just, just doesn't just produce in an instance, but it produces and it, it's what it produces can be repeated. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful. So. That's good yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So, what advice was given to you that's helpful to you in the ministry today? So, what advice from a minister or to this day that you think about even when you interact with people as you go about preparing your sermons, which probably we could talk about later on? Um, what probably advice, that I, advice that I would give? You have received. Well, I received. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have plenty of that. Yeah. Plenty of advice, plenty of instructions, plenty of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I remember my, when I, when I first became, so when I was sent for to be a minister. I was okay. 19 years old. I was 19 years old and um, my pastor, he, put, he pulled me in his office mm-hmm. and uh, we began to have this discussion. Okay. And he says, I noticed from a child you've been steadily growing in grace. Mm-hmm. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to take your time. Yeah. And he said to me, he said, many people started out with him. Mm-hmm. He says, they gave their hearts to Jesus tonight. They went to the store the next day, bought the biggest Bible they could possibly purchase, and they taken the world for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And halfway along the journey, they burn out. They, yeah. yeah. And so the it's just like uh, another uh, scenario was given to me by Bishop Neville Dean, mm-hmm. talking, but he used it in the form of preparing a meal. Okay. But if, he said, "If you turn the fire, if you turn the heat up on the stove to its maximum, and you put um, some a piece of meat in that pot, mm-hmm. he says you will burn that meat, but the center of it will still be in its raw state. So the meat ain't done; it's burnt." But it's not done. He says, but when you want a piece of meat that is well cooked, well prepared, there has to be a consistent heat that allows all the flavorings of that meat to to marinate for it to yeah. yeah. And he says sometimes sometimes the, the, the scent of the meat where it's so rich, so, so sweet. You can smell it before you taste it. Yeah. So he's saying that's how you got to be as a minister. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the people who are. And, and it's the same concept. They turn the stove up. They are glazed. Yeah. The only thing they're doing is burning themselves up. Exactly. When you when you check, they're still not well cooked. They're not well trained. They're not well developed. Mm-hmm. You know, they just. 
instant five minutes. 30, 30 seconds, hot. 20 seconds later, cold. And hard yeah. and not good. And thank you. And so it needs to be a, cons- a your, your walk with the Lord needs to be a measured, consistent walk. I have it. Yeah. Until it's, it's just, it's, it, it becomes almost routine. It's, it's, you know, this is the way I live. This is the way I live. This is the way I live. Because a minister is who you are. Okay, forget the label. Okay, and uh, the minister just being a servant. Right. Yeah. You see, my brother David was, was was big on that because he always says people should mark you by how you function, how you treat people. Yeah. So not a title given to you, and then. You're trying to live up to a title. Mm-hmm. You should have been living in a particular way before the title was to, given. Yeah. yeah, for people to say, "You see, David. David is a minister of the gospel. David is a deacon. David is pastoral." Mm-hmm. Because they see it in you. They see it coming out of you. The way you interact with people. The way you carry yourself. That's re- that's what really matters, you know. Yeah. It's not all these elocutions, and it's not, and even the thing is, even as a person of science and a person of faith, you know, it's not how erudite or how academic or how well sounding you can appear to be. And if if you don't treat people well, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point? What is the point? Yeah. What are you what are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to achieve? Yeah. Yeah. But thanks, Pastor Brian, for joining me today. It was so good to have you on as a guest. Thanks for joining us so- today. I am so glad. I am so yes. glad to have the invitation. Uh, it's always good spending time. With you. I love spending time with you in any, any event. Uh, I, I, I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you for considering me. Yeah, so thanks for joining us today. It was so good. Um, once again, this is the New Chemist Company's Solars and Science, where we highlight the rationale for the Christian faith, leading books, authors, and thought leaders in Judeo-Christian thought, Sola Scriptura, Sola Fide, Sola Gratia, Sola De Gloria. Welcome. Thank you. And these views reflect those of my guests and I.